Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. As you're having a seat, go with me to Luke, the second chapter. Today, I want to address the issue of why a manger. Many of us have sung this song, Away in a Manger, all of our life. Maybe you were raised in church and you remember the flannel board stories. And when they would come to this season, they would take a little flannel board and they would put the donkey and the holy family there and they'd have them going to Bethlehem. They were, there was a star and then they would have this manger that they would put on there and might have even put a little baby wrapped in swaddling claws on the top of that. We almost take it for granted because we read the story and we just think, well, that's how it was. That's what God chose. And so we kind of move on in our thinking. And yet I believe that God is speaking through this manger. And today I want to address specifically why. Why a manger? Why not a hospital? Why not the inn? Couldn't God have just had a room open for them just miraculously? Somebody just got called out of town or thought, oh man, I'm not according to the lineage of David. I got to go back to Jerusalem somewhere else, right? And yet God specifically laid out the steps of Joseph and Mary that they would come to a stable lie Jesus in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Let's take a look at this story together in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 7. I'm going to read down through verse number 18. It says in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son, speaking of Mary, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Verse number 8, now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock, by night, verse number nine, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I would imagine if we were out hanging out in the middle of the night, you know, there's some sheep, there's some other shepherds, and not really much else going on. If an angel appeared to us, we would be greatly afraid as well. Think about it. Their appearance, the Bible often describes as like lightning. You ever seen lightning in the middle of the night? It lights everything up. So you can imagine, here they are, it's, everything's dark, they can see the stars, and now all of a sudden, the only thing that they can fix their gaze on is this bright, shining appearance of this mighty being, an angel, and they were greatly afraid. Verse number 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I love that. This is not just for the Israelites. It's not just for the shepherds. Not just for the faithful few. No, this is for Everyone, verse number 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse number 12, and this will be the sign to you. Everybody say the sign. Oh, come on, say play with me today. It's Christmas weekend. we got to play together. So everybody say the sign. If you're watching online, hey, you got to participate too. You're not watching television. You are participating in church. So either say it with us or type it in the comment section, the sign. Look at what it says. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. There it is again, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse number 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in a manger. Wow. Verse number 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse number 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. We can see from this wonderful story from the scriptures that God was doing something specific. 
And I believe that there are specific reasons why God did what he did in bringing forth Jesus into this world, having him wrapped in swaddling cloths and then lying in a manger. And the first thing that I see about this is that it was a sign. Remember, I had you repeat not just a sign, it was the sign, the sign. Why, why would this be the sign? Why would this be the symbol that Jesus Christ is who he said he was? Why would this be the one that would point to the Messiah coming? Well, you know, signs are all around us. I believe that many times people are looking for a sign, aren't they? Oh, God, would you just give me a sign? In fact, if you just drive down the 10 freeway, you'll notice that there are signs all over the place, right? We've got our billboard up, Jesus equals hope, right? That's a great sign for people to see. But also on one of the overpasses, I was driving the other day and I saw that it said, Bible is true. I said, absolutely, you're right. Drove a couple of, uh, you know, yards down the road and all of a sudden on the right-hand side, I saw that there was a sign that said, prayer changes things. Amen, right? If anybody was looking for a sign right there on the 10 freeway, they got three, all right? What more does God have to do? Heard the story of a boss who was just angry, just frustrated. All of his employees were insubordinate. They were just giving him a hard time. And so he started saying to himself, you know what, I'm the boss. They need to recognize this. They need to know this. I am the boss. And so he went into his office, and he got out a piece of paper and a Sharpie, and he wrote in big, bold letters, I am the boss. And he took a piece of tape, and he posted that sign right on the door of his office so that anybody coming in would read the sign and know who they were dealing with. He's the boss. El Jefe. <laughs> Guy went into the office, was doing some work. A little while later, he came out and he opened his door to find that someone had taped another sign underneath his sign and said, hey, your wife wants her sign back. <laughs> there are signs all around us, aren't there? Things pointing us in different direction. And I believe that God specifically was saying that this manger was a sign. This was not a prophetic word. It's the only time you're going to find a manger in the Bible is Luke chapter number 2. You know, you can find prophecies about Christ's coming. You can find the prophecies surrounding his birth. You can find the prophecies about the star. You can even find a prophecy about the slaughter of the innocents. But you will not find a prophecy about the manger. Why? Because the manger was a signpost. That when you got to that place on the road, you would know, I'm going in the right direction because here is the sign. What was the sign? The angel said, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Lying in a manger. Now the shepherds would have been familiar with this, right? Because they had sheep. And a manger was an animal's feeding trough. Is that where babies go? Absolutely not, right? We would think of a home. We would think of midwives. We would think of hospitals in our day and age. Anywhere but a stable with filthy animals. There's pee and poop everywhere from the animals. There's, there's food. Man, Who would put a baby where the animals would eat? What if they slobbered on them? What if they took a little taste or something like that of the holy child? That wouldn't be kosher. That wouldn't be right. And yet this is exactly what the shepherds needed was a sign to make sure that they got to the right baby. Think about it this way. What if you were coming from another nation? You didn't know about our, our lifestyle. You didn't know about our government. You didn't know anything about our president, that sort of a thing. And you said, I want to meet the president. And I said, oh, that's easy. You just go to Washington, D.C. You'll find him wearing a suit in a White House. I mean, you'd be searching the greater D.C. area for a long time. How many White Houses are there? How many men wear suits that live in a White House in Washington, D.C.? Be knocking on doors all day long, going through Georgetown and all the surrounding areas, trying to find this one man that lives in a white house. And yet, what if I told you this? What if I said, oh, oh, you know what? When you get to Washington, D.C., go by the Washington Monument. I want you to turn west and head down. There's a fountain 
down there, there will be a man wearing a suit standing ankle deep in a fountain. If you went there and you found a man standing ankle deep in a fountain wearing a suit, you'd say, that's the president, that's the one. Why? Because men in suits don't stand in fountains, do they? In the same way, do babies go in mangers? No, it was a sign. Because if the angel had just said, hey, go to Bethlehem and find the baby, they'd be knocking on doors all night. They'd be going around, hey, do you know who it is? Do they, how are you sure? I mean, what if this is the baby and what if we don't even know? What if they don't know it? What if they said, go to the inn, find the baby that was born in the inn? How many people were there in Bethlehem? There they are, and they're knocking on every door in the inn. That would narrow it down a little bit. But when they say, I want you to go, and I want you to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, how easy is that to find? Because he'd be the only baby that's there. Is anybody listening? See, all of this speaks to the sign that Jesus is who he says he is. Everything points to who he is. He entered this world with no place to lay his head. He had a borrowed crib, and then he went to a borrowed grave. It was all speaking of the temporary time that Jesus would be here on the earth, that his life, his time on the earth was short, it was borrowed, it was never meant to be an eternal thing. No, because Jesus was going to go to the cross, he was going to die, he was going to lay in that borrowed grave for three days, and then he would raise again to life, and he would ascend on high and be seated at the right hand of the Father. But we need to know that this is a sign to show us this is Christ, this is the Messiah, this is the one that we've been waiting for. And that sign produced something in the shepherds. What did it produce? It produced awe. It produced awe, a wonder, a reverence. There was something that happened on the inside of them when they saw this sign. They marveled, the Bible says. To marvel means to stand in amazement, awe, and wonder. See, they were afraid of the appearing of the angel. Probably amazed at the angelic host, but they were in awe of the baby. Why? Because the angel told them who he was. This is God in the flesh. This is the Savior. This is the Messiah. This is the one who was prophesied for hundreds of years. This is God breaking the silence of 400 years. This is the Ancient of Days. This is your Redeemer, O Israel, and all of humanity. Wow. All it could produce in them was awe. Look what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. To glorify God means to show forth his goodness. When the goodness of God is made manifest, when it appears, that is the glory of God. So here they are giving God glory. They're showing forth his goodness. They're saying, hey, Jesus is the Christ, this baby that was born that we found in a manger. He is the one. And it says that they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard. As it was told them. They made widely known the saying concerning this child. They went and they told everybody about it. They went out and gossiped the gospel. And it produced an awe and a wonder in them. See, seeing the sign produced that on them that caused the praise to come out of them. This Christmas weekend, I wanted to just take a moment at the side of the manger and allow our hearts to be lifted in awe. Let's worship the Lord once again together.
brings us to the last reason for why a manger, and that is access. Access. See, if Jesus were born in a palace, if he was born in a hospital, especially in 2020, none of us would be getting in. Is that right? You got guards posted at the doors, signs everywhere you can't come in. Jesus is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. He is God in the flesh. And if he should have chose to come in a palace, well, he could have, right? He could have been born in Jerusalem, could have been born in the temple, anywhere God wanted him to be. And yet if he was in one of those places, we wouldn't have access to him. Because at the palace, only royalty, only the elite could go in. They would be stopping everyone, wait, I'm sorry, this is nobility. This is royalty, you can't come in. If it was at the hospital, I'm sorry, are you family? You can't come. I've been to Bethlehem. I went to the Church of the Nativity. It's the traditional site of where they believe Jesus was born. And I expected these great vaulted ceilings and a big church and all that kind of stuff, maybe some relics or something, and a spot marked where they believe Jesus was born. Well, I found that. But what I didn't expect to find was that I'd have to stoop to get in. Because there was rocks. It was like a cave. I thought surely they would have had these flat marble walls and ceilings, but it was a cave as I walked in. Rocks everywhere. See, the hillside of Bethlehem is very rocky. And in these caves, the shepherds would often take their lambs to have their young. The shepherd could lay down at night at the opening of that cave and he would be the doorway so that the lambs couldn't get in and out as he slept. He could still protect them. Most likely, Jesus was born in a lambing cave. That might have been the stable. Maybe not the traditional barn that we think about outside of someone's house or outside of the inn, but a rocky place, an outdoor place, a place where anyone could show up. Think about the shepherds. Shepherds were outcasts. They wouldn't even take a shepherd's testimony in a court of law. And yet the first people that God spoke to were the shepherds watching their flock by night. Why? Because the Lamb of God had come into the earth. And God just had to tell these people who were special to his heart. The shepherds, the outcasts, hey, come, come and see this baby in a manger. But not only did the people who were the down and out, the outcasts come. Maybe you thought, well, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. And maybe God's opposed to me because of that. And yet the Bible records that Magi came as well. They probably came later, maybe years later. And yet they still came bearing gifts. These were wealthy, influential men. People who understood the times and the seasons. Very smart people who knew how to read the sky, but who also had a heart after God. They came and they traveled quite a distance at their own expense. They were able to get entrance to the King of glory, to present their gifts to him and to worship. God has given us access. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter three, verse number 12 in the Passion Translation. It says, we have boldness through him, speaking of Jesus, and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. See, on our own, we couldn't access God. On our own, we couldn't reach up and grab a hold of him. We couldn't ascend to the heights and have entrance with God. So God had to come down as a baby, innocent, 
harmless, born in a manger so that we all could come to him in a feeding trough for animals so that every person could come and feed on the bread of life. See, when God stoops, men soar. Ambition is human, but condescension is divine. We couldn't reach up and take hold of God or his salvation. He had to come down and he had to save us. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.